There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with L.A. Nick, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. Yeah, Liz Astroff, we got to get her back. Man, she was funny. I have, sometimes I'm like, should I be laughing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll be back with the family. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. A justice flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, God, great choices on the music today. Song always makes me think of our daycare. Why your daycare? <laughs> that makes sense. Because our daycare lady played. There were certain songs that she just played a lot, and this was one of them. Uh, Mar- well, that's a good. Maureen thing. is ready to go. Maureen Callahan with us. How you doing, Maureen? Hey, Tom. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully well. I have to tell you right up front. I do pronounce the name Maureen for a reason. The reason I do that is because I had Maureen O'Hara on the show one time many years ago. And I said, now with us, Maureen O'Hara. She goes, my name is not Maureen. The United States Marines. My name is Maureen. Wow. Oh, Sassy. Oh. It's an angry Maureen. There, there wasn't another reason to love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a lot of funny women on the show today. The life is good. American predator, the hunt for the most meticulous serial killer of the 21st century. Oh, Tom loves a serial killer. What? Just because I grew up with a couple, you know. <laughs> He loves the stories, me, not the people yes. themselves. Reminds me of the old neighborhood, <laughs> you know. It's one clear. of those deals. So, Maureen, how did this start? I mean, your fascination um, with the American predator. Oh. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're breaking phone, up. You're breaking up pretty badly. Up. If we could, could you mind? Would you mind calling back just so we could try to get a better connection, Maureen? Would that be okay? Oh, you're back. Yeah. Oh, yes, thank you. Bad. Excellent. Pretty bad. 
Yeah, once in a while you just get those connections mm. with digital. That's once again digital, most overrated Whoa. piece of crap in history. Sorry, but it is. That I'm not. Oh, no. oh. I agree. It's just overrated. I it's, agree. It's nowhere near as good as it should be because they're using all their time to make even more money with it. I agree. Why don't you deliver a better product? We'd all be happier. Make it so, once again, I got a um, message from the program director. I was warned, do not open that because he got hacked and they were trying to hack me through him. It's like uh, digital. Could you have any protection for us? That'd she's back. Maureen is? Yes. I'm back, yeah. Ooh, oh, much there, better. Yeah. Much better, Maureen. I like it. Oh, good. So the book is called American Predator, The Hunt for the Most Meticulous Serial Killer of the 21st Century. How are you a serial killer and meticulous? I said, man, that's a lot of work, isn't it? You have to be, don't you? You do. Yeah, I mean, this book took me about five years to research wow. and report, uh, largely because the case is so unprecedented, uh, and it grew, I, you know, to the FBI's great into something far larger than just a, a, a serial killer, albeit one as uh, strikingly unusual uh, as Israel Keys was. Um, and in fact, uh, the Bureau called him uh, the, the most terrifying subject they had ever encountered. That is so amazing, Maureen. I've, you know, you, you bring up Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer. I've never heard of Israel Keys. Why is that? That is with good reason. You know, you're not the first person to say that uh, to me. And it's really due to the FBI, uh, you know, keeping him a secret uh, from the American public for um, nine months of, of his incarceration while they were interrogating him. Uh and then the Bureau suddenly went public with uh, not just his existence, uh, but the, the contours of the case, not all of the specifics, and asked the public for help, uh, asked the American public for help, because he had been on this decades-long killing spree all over the United States of America. Then, just as quickly, they began to claw the case back from public view, and those things really struck me as very, very odd. And I, I wanted to know, to know why, uh, as well as why the Bureau was also really intent on keeping everything about Israel Keyes' childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, um, also just a blank slate. Uh, they never talked about it. Um, and if any of your listeners are currently watching Mindhunter on Netflix, as oh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll see that, like, this is one of the key things that these interrogators and behavioral scientists hone in on. They want to know how and why these monsters get made. Yeah, I, that's the one thing that, I think that's what fascinates me about it, is what causes these people uh, the Ted Bundys and the Jeffrey Dahmers and now Israel Keys. What causes them? There, there have there have been very few, only a couple of of female serial killers. Is that not right? That's correct. They are overwhelmingly white male. Yeah, over yeah, white male. On top of that, there are are uh, exceptions to that, of course, but not very many. Most serial killers are white men. It's very strange, you know they. They have been able to come up with a sort of taxonomy of the budding serial killer. Uh, not all psychopaths are serial killers, but all serial killers are psychopaths. And mm -hmm. from a very early age, Keyes began manifesting the textbook uh, signifiers that you, you had a budding serial killer on your hands, for sure. Um, and... It was why I, I really was intent on speaking to his mother, who had never spoken to a reporter oh, before, God. but she, she did speak to me. Um, and I also sued to get uh, his psychological, his court-ordered psychological evaluation. Um, and so what, what I learned through those uh, interviews and source materials was that he was raised in a very specific, unusual way that 
was really conducive uh, to the development of a serial killer. And yet, um, I, I spoke to Roy Hazelwood, who has since passed away, but I spoke to him for this book about Keith case, and he was on the ground floor with John Douglas at the BSU uh, at Quantico decades ago. And he said they still don't know whether a serial killer is born or made. Hmm. God, it's so, you know, you brought something up earlier. Not all psychopaths are serial killers, but all serial killers are psychopaths. It is absolutely known that a number of CEOs of companies have been diagnosed as psychopaths. Now, they're not going to turn into serial killers, but is this thing all based on power? Because I want to be the CEO. I want to just kill you and control you. By uh, Is this all about power, do you think? Well, psychopathy is interesting because uh, interesting is, I think, actually maybe not a big enough word. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's estimated that there are uh, one in four people um, on the spectrum, uh, and some of them do channel it uh, for good. Um, there are top flight surgeons who are psychopaths. There are fighter pilots who are psychopaths or uh, snipers or... Uh, yes, CEOs, and these are people who can make high-risk decisions um, devoid of, of anxiety, of emotion, and and in a way that, that can be a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, psychopathy such as Keyes' is fascinating uh, because he, it turns out, did serve in the military. And this is a, a pulse point, I think, in the narrative that is very sensitive for the not just the FBI, but the federal government and why they are keeping at least 45,000 case files, like pages in this case file, uh, a secret uh, they told me uh, under, the reason was national security. National security. Yeah, so so check this out. He's enlisted in the United States military as a young man, the Army. He uh, was raised by off-the-grid parents who hated the federal government uh, and were preparing for a race war. So he, he, like all nine of his other siblings, was a home birth, uh, home educated. So he had no birth certificate, no social security number, no educational record, no medical record, no passport. As he told the FBI, I did not exist on paper. And yet somehow the army took him. God. And it's well, take interesting <laughs> to think about what they might have seen in a young Israel Keys, who by then was already quite a lethal predator. Do do you know? Oh, by the way, I need to mention one thing to you before we continue. One out of three uh, people is a psychopath. If I'm person number one, whether I count to my right or left, we get to person number four would be my wife. <laughs> 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 what, is it, what, what, what amazes me is there's a lot of serial killers in other countries like Russia. Russia oh, has a lot, but, oh, they, yeah. but nobody knows. Even the Russians, they don't make them famous like we do. Yeah, we make yeah, our serial sure. killers famous. That's true. But every country has serial killers, but they just don't make them famous. Mm-hmm. Well, the like they don't know if a serial killer is born or made. Are there any serial killers that had, like, normal childhoods? Yeah, there's actually quite a few. Really? But overwhelmingly, they had pretty messed up childhoods. Yeah. Yeah, Is it kind of one of those things like um, schizophrenia where you can be born with it, but unless you have some sort of traumatic incident, it might not flip the switch to make it actually kick in? Kick in. I don't know. I think there's always been serial killers. I think until the media became the media, they weren't known. Like Jack the Ripper was probably the first yeah. famous serial killer because yeah, one of the newspapers put him on every front page. And Mar- Maureen, what's your understanding of it? I mean, your personal take on the situation. What do you think or what what feeling do you get about serial killers? What do you think causes it? Well, it's interesting. You know, what you guys are discussing is um, part of a conversation that is taking place at the FBI, uh, because he told the case agents who um, I was lucky enough to speak with for a year and a half in depth uh, about this bizarre and fascinating case. And they all said that they were shocked when he told them 
he said, I learned from you guys. Ooh. He told them that he had read Mindhunter when he was 14 years old and that he was, he had read Dark Dreams where Hazelwood's groundbreaking text on uh, serial killers and uh, had, had gotten some ideas from it and knew what to do and what not to do to evade any sort of detection, let alone being caught. Um, he watched CSI for the same reason. Oh, yeah. And we also, you have a, a thing in the culture where becoming an FBI agent is a glamour job, and it has been uh, ever since we first met Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs, I think. God. Um, and so in many ways, popular culture is the FBI's greatest recruiting tool. Um, and at the same token, you have FBI agents who now retire, uh, one of whom works this case, is a really, really smart, sensitive guy, and he is wanted in Hollywood for his expertise. Uh, and so you have this feedback loop that we're all participating in, and um, it's, it's, it's an interesting moral question to explore because there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. It is so fascinating to me. You know, you talk about Silence of the Lambs. Still, I think, one one terrific movie. I, you watch it today, and it's still as impactful as it was when it first came out. No, great actor. I mean, obviously, Jodie Foster. It. You've never seen it? Nope. You might not want to see it, to tell yeah, you the I, truth. That's why I've never seen it. <clears throat> the acting in it is phenomenal. Every, I mean, everybody in it is really, really good. Yeah, I, I've actually never Anthony seen it. Anthony Hopkins is unbelievable. You go down the whole list of people. But I remember seeing that for the very first time. A lot of that was based on Ted Bundy, wasn't it? The luring women to help him with their furniture problems or, or car trouble or whatever. That, Ted Bundy did that a lot, didn't he? Ted Bundy uh, was, it's so interesting you mentioned him. He was one of Keyes' heroes. Yeah. Um, and one of his his tactics was to uh, uh, wrap an arm up in a sling yep. or hobble around on crutches. You know, he's perfectly able-bodied, and approach uh, a young woman. Uh, unlike Keith, he had a very specific victim type. He liked young white women with uh, long, straight hair that was parted down the middle. Um, and, and what made Keith so terrifying to the Bureau was that he had zero victim type. He would go after anyone. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so Bundy, that's, that's sort of how he uh, evaded uh, detection himself for so long, aside from being, uh, you know, an expert at hiding in plain sight, he was a very good-looking guy. Um, and for any of your listeners who, you know, have not read The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, uh, that is just uh, an unbelievably brilliant uh, true crime book. It's, it's, it's unparalleled in terms of the Bundy case. I can't recommend it highly enough. Maureen, I need to take a very quick break. You can stay with us for another uh, another five or ten minutes. Is that all right? Yeah, I'd love to. Excellent. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Maureen Callahan, American Predator, the hunt for the most meticulous serial killer of the 21st century. We'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. 
there's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. We are back. Maureen Callahan with us. The book is called American Predator, The Hunt for the Most Meticulous Serial Killer of the 21st Century. Maureen, I have to tell you a very quick story. I went to school many, many years ago with a guy, and he lived in a fourplex. And his, I don't know, the family broke up or whatever, and he, he was my age. But it really was hard on him because, you know, mom and dad split up, and they had to move out of that fourplex where he'd always lived, Right. And so many, many years later, he finally got back and he rented the exact same apartment they lived in when he was a grown man and got in an argument with one of the people in the building and killed everyone in the building. I will never forget that. In in apartment one, two, three, he killed everybody in that building. Isn't that amazing? And when I heard that, I was like, why would you do that? But that's serial killer mentality right there, I'm, I'm assuming. That's not really serial. It's mass killing. But it's hard to understand why people do that, don't you think, Maureen? It is. You know, um, it's funny. One of the, one of the books that um, I've always used as a touchstone is a book called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's an amazing book, and it elucidates a lot of, that kind of crime that you're talking about right there, where it's somebody who people know or or sort of know um, and who suddenly seems to snap one day mm-hmm. uh, and commit mass murder um, or, you know, a murder-suicide. But what the Becker says, and he's an expert in this field, he's a security person to some of the most famous uh, stars and politicians around um, is that there are always warning signs. There are always red flags and they tend to start out very small and then they tend to metastasize. Uh, and, you know, it's it really, um, if we can, if we can educate ourselves enough to, uh, to understand what they are and what they might mean, then we're in that much better of a position to protect ourselves from ever becoming uh, a victim of something like that. Is Israel Key still alive? Uh, you know, that is an interesting question to ask because I have had readers come up to me and say that they're reading the book and that they are actively not Googling this case or wikiing him. Like, they don't want to know how he <laughs> Really? So I'm a little reluctant to spoil it. Yeah, it okay, shocks no, me. Because, no, you don't have to tell yeah, me. You don't have to tell me. That's, that's how Dan was about the Versace the assassination of Gianni Versace. He oh, was really? like, I don't want to know if he's alive or if he's dead or how he died. He's like, don't tell me. And well, it said like, assassination of, so I'm No, assuming... of the murderer. Oh, oh, you mean of Andrew Cunanan? <laughs> Not, oh, God. Of Andrew Cunanan, yeah. Of the serial killer. No, that you know, it's a good point, Maureen. I don't want to know. That's that's a very... I'm going to Google a great it. Because it's in the book. No, but he didn't want to know if he did when we were watching it. It As wasn't until the it. end. He shoots himself. Da- okay, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, you watched it already, Anyway. But for anyone <laughs> listening that may not yeah, know ruin that. Ruin their lives. Yeah. That's what it'll do. Well, Maureen, the reason that, that my daughter brings, our daughter brings that up is because Andrew Cunanan came to Minnesota and killed a couple of people here and yeah. then went to Chicago and killed a person. Then Can you even imagine? Can you, like, like, killing someone? Can you even, can you even comprehend killing it? Killing someone? No. Can you even comprehend no. it? Like nope. stabbing them and cutting off some part of their body? And Okay. She just said that the warning signs are subtle. Can you even comprehend it? I can't even comprehend it. 
No, I can't either. I, I, Maureen, I, I should tell you, I grew up in a, in a, in a inner city neighborhood. It was a pretty violent area. People would do. That's, I think, why I'm so fascinated. And I was wondering, did you experience something like, you know, really horrifying, a murder or something when you were a kid? Is that why you became fascinated with the whole mindset? No, I can't say I did. You know, I grew up in a Good. normal <laughs> suburb outside New York City, um, went to nice schools. I was lucky in that regard. Um, yeah. I just am fascinated by, you know, I I consider Keyes an aberration. I don't really consider him Good. human. Uh, and he often talked about himself as though he was fully aware of that. You know, he at one point told the agents, I was trying to seem like a normal person. Um, and that these deviants walk among us uh, and, and we're really not that much closer to understanding how they get this way uh, is, is fascinating to me. Um, they, that, and that he in particular was fascinating because the FBI had never seen one like him before, ever, which made him probably the most high-value suspect they've had in custody in decades. God, it's just, it's so amazing just trying to get there. Yeah, the reason I ask you that is because I think that is where my fascination came from. I I had uh, an uncle very dear to me thrown off a building and murdered. A couple other relatives were murdered, my great uncles. Uh, I... One day I'm sitting, my mother was a diner waitress, Maureen, and I was sitting around one day, and a guy in the diner, he would come in every day, and he, he would show me a picture of his wife and go, isn't my wife beautiful? I mean, look at her. Look how beautiful my wife is. I go, I'm 16 years old at the time, right? So I'm going, yeah, yes, sir, absolutely. Your wife is, is quite attractive. She, she absolutely is. And then the last time he did it, he goes, I want you to look at my, my wife's picture again. Because I want you to know how uh, how beautiful this woman is. So I looked at the picture. He went home and killed her. Hmm. And I'll never figure out why he kept oh. doing that. Why he would show Weirdo. me his picture every day, and then he eventually went home and killed her. Weirdo. Yeah, well, I would say weirdo. Well, that's, that's, yes. here, in and of itself is very strange, right? And, yeah. yeah. If anybody even day, said that to me. Demanding that you look at it. Yep. Yeah, that's a weirdo. That's very yeah. I'd be like, this guy's a weirdo. I took, okay. no, I took a cl- oh. I was just going to very quickly, Maureen, to lighten the moment, I will tell you one thing. She was a very pretty woman, but the very first picture he ever showed me of her, her dress, for some reason, matched the chair she was sitting in. So it looked like she weighed like 700 pounds the first oh, yeah. time he showed me your picture. You're like, whoa. <laughs> so I was like, well, yeah. Giant lady. Yeah, I know what you're saying there. But it was oh, kind of weird. Yeah, that's weird yeah, that's activity. Very stri- yeah, that's it really is. Very that's weird strange. behavior. Yeah. I wonder if you want, I don't know why, why, why me though? Because I was 16 years old. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe to everyone, maybe, I just didn't know it. And maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. you're the person that he would would actually talk to him and look at him and yeah, look at true. the picture and Everyone else is validate like, his I've heard stories about weirdness. That guy. So yeah. Maureen, I do, weird. I do have to ask you, Maureen, that uh, since, since you put out the book, American Predator, the hunt for the most meticulous serial killer of the 21st century, how has it affected you putting the book out? Has it? Um, it's really, I am more concerned with, um, the victims' families. Yeah, good. Uh, and I, you know, reached out to a couple of people before the book was published. They knew I was working on it, but to let them know it was about to come out. Um, If it's going to have any true, real-world emotional impact, it's going to be on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've already survived so much. Um, And uh, so, so, yeah, that's, that's been my main concern. I could understand that. The book is called American Predator, The Hunt for the Most Meticulous Serial Killer of the 21st Century. I do not know if Israel Keys is still alive, but I will find out when I read the book, Maureen. Because <laughs> I seriously, this stuff fascinates me. Why? Because I did witness so much of it. Not, thank God, I wasn't there when they killed anyone. But hearing the stories of all these different people that ended up murdered or murdering someone. So there, it's in my brain forever. There's no doubt about it. A fascinate, a fascination with that kind of activity and why people get that far. Because I could never think of killing someone. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and you know, just that point. You know, the men and women who, who do this work at the FBI are 
this is what they live for. They are equally fascinated by it. And Keys is the, currently being studied at um, a very little-known institute that the FBI has. It's literally called the Evil Mind Research Museum. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't want to go there, do I? You, well, you can't because it's secret. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad it is, Maureen. To get in. Maureen, you're a terrific yeah. guest. Maureen Callahan, American Predator, thank the you. hunt for the most meticulous serial killer of the 21st century. Maureen, thank you so much for your time. Fascinating subject. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me. Absolutely. We'll be back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable, and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the ultimate wellness and weight loss program powered by Nutramost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from clients submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the Nutramost weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Is this Rockwell? It is. With Micah Jackson. <laughs> you, know, one, did, did, you know this guy's story? Who, Rockwell? Yeah. No. So his his dad was a big record guy. Oh, really? Barry yeah. Gordy, wasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, Barry and, Gordy's his dad? Yeah. I never knew that. And he had Michael Jackson on his first single, and yeah, he, he still did. didn't make it. And he still didn't make it. That's a tough call right yeah. there, brother. He was, he was a one-hit wonder. wonder, man. Well, maybe it's because he went, I'm always talking to somebody. You know, it's not really a lot of talent to do well, that. Well, I just went away here. They were playing Billy Joel, Big Shot, and he does the Italian mobster yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that always does. annoyed me. I understand. Ghost Brothers, Dale and Juan and Marcus, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Brothers bunk up with Haunted House guests in new Travel Channel series. Premiered on, uh, a matter of fact, it, it it's, uh, just premiered last Friday, as a matter of fact. 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Can I just call you DJM? Hey, man, listen. We can call way worse things. <laughs> <laughs> That's that about our tour. That sounds like I told and then, and then when we call worse than that, we pop them in the mouth. But it's all good. We love them. We love oh, everybody. Yeah, I understand it. I understand it completely. It makes total sense to me. Uh, Dalen, Juwan, and Marcus, right. also known as Ghost Brothers, haunted house guests, the trio of intrepid sleuths, respond uh. to pleas from families experiencing paranormal activity in their homes. All right, then. I like it. Yes. You know, I feel like I'm back in high school. I got to be honest with you. I really do. It's fantastic. All right. So, who wants to go first? Dale and Juwan or Marcus? Tell me all about your take on Ghost Brothers. Juwan. Okay. Juwan's going to go first. Juwan, what's your take on it? What's what's it all about? Man, this season is an all new eight part series called Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guests. Man, we go to different haunted residences. Families are calling us. They're reaching out, and they are terrified. They're concerned. They have claims of poltergeist activity. They have claims of their kids having trouble breathing. I mean, we're really coming in and offering some paranormal resolve, some some confirmation, just some comfort to these families that are, and, and honestly, in real dire need. Um, of some of some aid in this paranormal with these paranormal phenomenon. No, did and, you? And you get all three of our personalities coming live and direct. 
See, that's I like that, as a matter of fact. Now, how, how are you guys related? Have you been friends a long time? How, how do you know one another? Yeah, so this is David speaking. So the one I met actually in, like, 2004 in college at Clark Atlanta University. Oh, okay. So we were pledging the same fraternity we met while we were online. And around that same time, Marcus was uh, being an entrepreneur like he is and was cutting hair around all the campuses in Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, he was our barber at the time, man, and that's how we all linked up. So we've been friends going on about 15, 16 years now. Well, that's a wonderful thing. So, so Dale, and how, how did uh, how did the Ghost Brothers come together? And then now you and you and uh, Juwan became friends, and Marcus came along and became friends as well. So how did the whole idea of Ghost Brothers happen in the first place? Well, I just remember probably back in 2011 or 12, I just remember watching one of the Ghost Hunter shows on television and realizing that I didn't see any representation of myself on any of these TV shows. There was no young minorities trying it. And I remember just talking to the guys about it, just trying to figure out why was that. And, you know, we're all raised in the church. My mother's a pastor. Marcus worked in the church. Juwan has a close relationship with God. And we were just trying to figure out, did that have some type of play and why black folks wasn't trying to hunt ghosts? <laughs> like Marcus always says, the only ghost that black people acknowledge is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Marcus, do you say that? Do you say that, Marcus? Only goes black people like a holy ghost. I think that's. A, and by the way, Marcus, let me say one thing before we continue. Uh, Marcus Harvey, the barber of entertainment sports luminaries. Steph Curry has stepped up as such a wonderful, wonderful human being. Do you know him really well? Because, man, what a great guy. Yes, that's really cool, people. Um, I actually knew Steph uh, prior to him winning his first MVP. Um, I started uh, cutting him his first MVP season, mm-hmm. like right before he made that, and uh, he's actually still the same guy, uh, even more humble now as a result of it. And um, hopefully, he watches the show. I know Clay does. I know Clay Thompson does. No, I'm saying the reason I even bring him up is because he now he's bringing golf back to black uh, black universities. He's, I mean, he's helping everybody. He made a lot of money, and he's using that money to help other people. It's just a great thing to see. Yeah, yeah, he's doing real big things with Howard right now. So yeah, it's dope. It is indeed. There's no doubt. About it. Plus, he's got his own TV show he produces now, and the whole deal. So. Uh, how did the idea of Ghost Brothers, the TV show, come up in the first place? Who, whose idea was it? Was it all three of you together? Yeah, so with the Haunted House guest, it was just a natural progression from the original Ghost Brothers. Like, the original Ghost Brothers, we were just placed kind of like in the fish-out-of-water experience. They dropped us off at some of the most haunted locations and just see how we fared. But with this... Over the past few years, people have been writing us literally every single day, telling us that their houses are haunted, mm-hmm. asking us to come help them, asking us to come visit them. And we were just in Kentucky, all three of us, just on a rooftop, brainstorming and talking one day. It was like, we really should take this a step further and go help individual residences. That's kind of what the idea was birthed between all three of us. And 100 house guests came, and here we are now. It used to be called Ghost B&B. I just want to put that out there. Ghost B&B. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ghost B&B. All right, well, thank you very I'm a, much. I was going to put that out there. I have a, I have a much, more, much more clear understanding now of what the situation is. Now, i got to tell you, Dale and Juwan and Marcus, I grew up in a very urban neighborhood. And although I'm, I'm white myself, I grew up with a lot of, uh, a lot of different people. You know, and I don't I don't remember a whole lot of my black friends being all that wild about ghost hunting. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. They didn't have any interest in that at all. Yeah, yeah and, that's, and I think it's funny. Um, uh, well, Jawan, I mean, David said something that's uh, very potent. So uh, and tell him what that is again David, about the <laughs> ghost and the other thing. You said what? <laughs> Talking about what the ghosts and other things, why how everybody has ghosts and other things, you know what I'm saying? No, we were just saying that you always ask, like, do they believe in ghosts? And, like, no one ever wants to admit it. So we were just like, ghosts are like roaches. Everybody has them, but nobody ever wants to admit it. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what we were trying to compare. Ghosts to insects. Now, uh, let's start And with- everybody always talks about, like, oh, man, those ain't my ghosts. That's my neighbor's ghosts. You know, we, we, keep, we keep my house clean. You know, we don't do that over here. Sure, right. I, understand you got that. Ghosts. I understand that. As oh, yo, ghost. 
You know what's amazing about that is I look back at there was a there was Ebony magazine back in the nineteen seventies, I think it was, might have been the early eighties, but Ebony magazine did an asked the question, what's your biggest fear uh fears are in the world? And almost everybody who responded at Ebony magazine said ghosts and dogs. They were just they did not want to talk about ghosts or dogs because of because of their wow. fear. Isn't that pretty interesting? I can I can see that. There's not good there's not good history with black folks and ghosts and dogs. There's not good history with that. Well then that and makes anyway. total sense. It makes total sense. Are you guys having fun doing the show? You got this must be a ball for you. Oh man. Well, we, we, have a, we have an amazing time. I would work man. every day with your friends, like traveling, like seeing some of the coolest places ever. Like, yeah. I could see and it. then helping these and then helping these families, I mean, like this season, we have a lot of families that are like, you know, looking for answers, looking for really deep answers right. as far as like what's going on in their home. And, you know, with us bringing our camaraderie and our, you know, just our good energy is cool, but it's even better when we actually get to see the end result of, you know, these families coming, you know, closer together, feeling more comfortable in their homes, actually being able to, you know, really just be a family again. And I think that that's one of the most gratifying things about this whole experience. That's you know, it's dope to, you know, kick it with your friends and be able to pick who you work with. But then it's also dope to know that you're taking care and helping people, you know, little ones, you know, moms and dads. So everybody gets, you know, get, uh, so I think that's the most gratifying thing in this, in this whole experience. You know, it's so wonderful to hear that. Wonderful to hear that because I think that is becoming more and more prevalent and more and more important to give people good examples, uh, helping people out. And it, it's all about family. And I really, really like that. It's, I think it's, it's uh, the family's becoming more and more important and stronger as time goes by, uh, which I think is terrific. It's a great mm-hmm. thing. Now, um, whoever wants to go first, Dale and Juwan, Marcus, whoever wants to go first, did you ever have uh, a personal experience with a ghost? Because I can be honest with you, I never have. Uh, and I've lived in some weird-ass neighbors, I can tell you that. But I never, I've never seen a ghost or anything like that. Have you guys, any of the three of you or all three of you, seen them? Yeah, this is David speaking. I think all three of us had an experience. We were okay. in... Uh, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, at this jail called the Old City Jail. This old dilapidated jail, that, you know, in Charleston. And uh, Juwan and Marcus were upstairs, and I was watching them from the floor beneath them on some security cameras. And as they were walking down the stairs, I noticed on the security cam a whole shadow figure. Like, this was a whole person. You could see the head, the neck, the arms, the legs. Literally walked past the frame. The shadow wasn't on the wall. It wasn't on the floor. Like, it literally was standing straight up walking. And it would have literally walked right into Jerron and Marcus in the position that they were coming. And we were able to catch it on camera. We recorded it. And it was just super dope that everybody was able to play it back and see the exact same thing. So, yeah, that was our first time all seeing something at the exact same time. And something like that, a literally a standing tall, walking full-size shadow figure. Eek. <laughs> my wife just said, my wife just said, eek. I love this stuff. I, flip out. I do too. I think it's, I think out? it's wonderful. Um, so is there, is it easy or almost impossible to identify who that might be? That, that shadow figure you saw, is it easy or hard to figure out, or is it impossible to figure out who that just might be who is haunting this house? No, nah, I think that just comes with, like, all of the investigating that we do. So we ask a lot of questions. And I think that's kind of where we differ from other paranormal groups based on the questions that we ask. Like, we treat all the spirits like they're friends, <laughs> like we know mm-hmm. them. So we mm-hmm. talk to them like they're, they're, like they're still alive. So we use equipment that uses verbal communication. So spirits can essentially talk back to us. So we're asking their name, how they died, what it is that they want, like, where are they? You'll be surprised the responses that we actually get. Really? Yeah, I can see that. We're, t- we're talking to Dale and Juwan and Marcus Ghost Brothers. Ghost Brothers bunk up with Haunted House guests in a new Travel Channel series. It premiered last Friday, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, 8 o'clock uh, Central Time. The, are you guys, ha- you must be having a, obviously it's a, it's a great experience for all of you to be able to work together, working with your friends, but you must be having a ball doing this series, aren't you? We're having an amazing time. Having an amazing time. 
that's how things should be. So you get to be, that's the great thing. So you're, you're, now you're national celebrities. You're hanging out with your friends. You're having fun hanging out with your friends. It's a pretty good life right now for you fellas, isn't it? I mean, I could definitely say we're fortunate, but I, I mean, I think we all look at it as like a blessing. Um, good. Because one of the things is we know that not too long ago, we were sitting on the couch watching these shows just like everybody else was. So now that we've been given this opportunity, we're just we're, we're just like, hey, how can we make this as humanizing as possible? How can we make, make ourselves as relatable as possible? As, as far as getting a big head, as far as accepting, I guess you can call it a celebrity status, like that's not anything we really think about. We're like, man, we're, we're just normal guys and that are fortunate for the, for the opportunity just kind of be exploring the curiosity that we all have known to grow up with. That's a great thing to be for young people to hear. It's a wonderful thing. Cassie is here. Cassie <laughs> is all excited that you're on. So I, I do have to toss it over to Cassie because she's very yes, excited. Yes, yes. Well, I know you guys are going to be at the Michigan Paracon, which I will be there tonight. Um, but one thing that was just released yesterday, there's a new Haunted Salem Live special. It's going to be a four-hour special, October 4th, on Travel Channel. Okay. Along with Ghost Brother, Brothers, we're going to have my husband, Dave Schrader, from The Holzer Files, which premieres October 4, or 3rd, the day before. What's the name of the show? The Holzer Files. Holzer Files. Because yes. you haven't told me that before. Yes. It, it was just released, a, I think, a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Okay. So, yeah, they're having a bunch of all these different paranormal shows from Travel Channel to come together for a four-hour live ghost hunt in Salem, Massachusetts. They're going to be visiting the Proctor House and some of all the houses that were involved with the Salem Witch Trials. So it's going to be very exciting. So I can't wait. You're going to be very excited. So you guys are going to be there. Are you getting to this? You're getting, you said you're getting there tonight. Yep, I'm going to be get to Sault Ste. Michigan tonight. I think I don't get in until like 11 o'clock. So it's going to be a late one. Is it haunted by Louie Danny? He's from Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> no, I wish so. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be <laughs> Let dolls. him die first. <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah might, that might help. Exactly. Have, it might be true. Has there ever been a documented case of a ghost of a living person? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that That's just first. somebody roaming around. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, Michigan. Michigan Paragon is a good time. There's so many people involved. We're going to have, like, Chip Coffee, who's going to be on the Haunted uh, Salem Live special. I mean, there's so many people, and we just have a good time. Karaoke, drinking, just having fun, talks, workshops, and all that stuff. So, Oh, so you're going to get together and play songs and drink. Boy, that's got to be a tough job. Yeah, I'll probably How are you going to put up with it all those hours? Well, that's going to be tough. <laughs> I don't know how she's gonna make it. I don't know how she's gonna make it too. I don't either. No, I understand that completely. (laughs) You know, it's great. I really, really like the fact, and I already mentioned that I admire Steph Curry for what he's doing. But what you guys are doing, every time you 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 make a reference, you always say, "We're we're very blessed. We're very happy with this. We're very very lucky." Those are good things for young people to hear. That, hey, you know, the life is great. We're very, like I said, blessed and honored and all the rest of it. I really hope you guys continue with that message because I, I don't hear that anywhere near as much as I should anymore. Oh, man. Thank you so much. I think it's wonderful. You guys need and to come. And we'll continue to carry the torch of humility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. All right. Who was that that just said that? Torch of humility. Marcus. All right, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. When you come to town, you got to do me a favor. You got to come to Minneapolis and St. Paul. You got to, you guys got to come here. Oh okay? yeah, oh yeah, we love Minneapolis. All right, we'll get to town. You got to come in. And, you got to come in and get and and do the show from in the studio. And then Marcus, even though I'm a white guy, you got to take a look at maybe giving me a haircut. Oh, we got you. We got you. I, I cut in here. Cut all here. Marcus, I'm looking forward to it. I cut all here. I do not. These hands do not discriminate, baby. Everybody gets the same. Get the same. You're the best. Ghost Brothers, Dale and Juana, and Marcus. Uh, new Travel Channel series premiered last Friday. Be on again Friday, nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Central. You guys are phenomenal. But please do come to town. I'd love to meet you. Oh man, you have to love to meet you. Sunlight. Have a wonderful day. How are you two guys? Thank you, you guys. Too. Bye. Have a great one. Nice people. Very yeah. nice. I love their show. They're, they're just, I don't know. They just have a different flavor to them, and just the way they react to stuff. It's you, just, it's great. You forgot to put water in there. So water. It's, it's dogs. Oh, is dogs it water too? Water. 
I, I didn't finish the whole thing, but it was a dual study. It was Ebony Magazine, well, those are three and it was Esquire. Afraid of. Esquire did it, and and Ebony did it, and white guys were afraid of like they're you know losing their loved ones sure. or losing their job not or sure. whatever. And I'm not kidding you. The response was ghosts and dogs. <laughs> and water. <laughs> and well, if I lived in North Minneapolis, I'd be afraid of dogs, too. Oh, God, yeah. Because people from yeah. cities oh, yeah. don't know how to swim. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, well they know. It's true. Where are you going to swim? Yeah, where are you going to swim? You can't, see, you can't swim at Theater Worth anymore. They shut it down. They did, did they? Yeah. They E-coli shut down the again? beach. Yep. Absolutely. Bush Lake's been shut down for E. coli. This time of year. Calhoun. There are 10 of them now that are shut down. Now there's a cougar running around Bloomington. Yeah, there's a cougar. (laughs) Cougar running around Bloomington. Spotted multiple times, like by Mike and Christie's house. Holy Hannah, that's a little dangerous. (laughs) You did? Yeah. I know. I cannot tell you how important it is. And tell those guys when you see them tonight or tomorrow, whatever, that message for young people is really, really important because young people don't hear that anymore. Well, especially people in the business. Business because yep. they don't understand yep. that it ends. <laughs> a lot of people that are in the business thinks it goes on forever. It ends. It ends. You it be ends. humble it ends. and grateful. And, and you better be grateful for when you have it because it comes to a screeching halt. Alex is being a wise ass over there. What are you doing? I'm not. I just was doing she's my doing weird elbow thing. Right. Oh, God! <laughs> she broke her elbow that time. You know one thing I love about That's sitting just with Catherine? Okay. I love it when, <laughs> I love it when Catherine's wow. in the room and I'm talking to black men. Because you get nervous. Because when I talk to him, I can just tell you're like. Well, because it's like, are you going to offend? You usually start being all, what's it like being a Racist black person yeah. in America <laughs> today? That's <laughs> not what I was doing black, at all. You're a young black, black man. Don't do it. Yes. Black man in America today. Yeah, very I weird. Do I can't watch any double jointed things, stuff like that. <laughs> it went right on to it. Hyperextension. No, but I don't do that thing that like that. What the hell's his name? Vanilla ice. Well, God damn, how you guys doing? I don't believe it. I hate that You do that, that with Italian people, but. <laughs> so, L.A. Nick, how you doing, huh? That's what I just said. I just watched, listened to that stuff song. Big song? shot. Billy Joel, he does the Italian. Yeah, he does. He does. Always annoyed me. Why when that song came out, that annoyed me. It's like, my dad. like, why would he do that? Like, my dad. Yeah. How do you say goodbye in Italian? <laughs> Arrivederci. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> oh, God. Goodbye. <laughs>